0: Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Matters Most podcast. On this show, we'll provide information on real estate, including a list of do's and don'ts and any relatable real estate topics, and also any questions that the viewers may have. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. All right, all right, what's going on, guys? This is your friend Jermaine Robertson here with the Robertson team at AZM Associates, and this is going to be an episode where we're gonna be talking about how a budget will guide you to success. And the reason why I wanted to do this is me and my wife, I'll kind of give you a little bit of the backstory. Let me adjust my game, make sure everything sounds right. The reason why I wanted to actually do, uh, talk about a budget is me and my wife, Last year, probably around the end of last year, you know, we had to start getting ready for our taxes and getting everything in order. Right. And we started looking at, you know, the W-2 was coming in and we seen what our income was and and super impressed by what the income was. It was it was very nice. Um, But when we started looking at our bank accounts and we started looking at other things that were um, that should really uh, accommodate those that type of earning. Um, you know, we just weren't satisfied. We were not um, pleased with our performance. If if you had to grade our financial performance of uh, 2019 or 2018, I would say for effort, um, we probably got a D, you know, and that's grading on the curve. So we we got to speaking about different things that we can do, how we can find hidden money, things that we were, were kind of missing out on because we did not know how to budget our finances. So we started taking these classes on how to handle finances. And now I'm listening to like all this different financial stuff, because I believe that when you get involved with something, you should go all in. You should not uh, sugarcoat it. You should not pity pat with it. You need to go in and uh, take care of it. So we've been um, getting heavily engrossed in a lot of different different information regarding finances, and one specific area that I thought w- was super interesting that came to mind was budgeting. Now, I, I have to say, probably all my life, I- I've made, um, I've been self-employed, so my money has always came or been generated as a result of the work I got up and did. And never was my income produced as a result of somebody paying me a check. So budgeting was never a part of my life. I'd never seen my parents budget. Never, um, I've never seen a budget, per- period. And that got me to wondering, what's the big deal with this whole budget thing? Like, what's the... What's the catch? You know, why are people doing it? Why are people talking about it? You know, what gives? And the more we started thinking about it and the more we started getting engaged in it, the more I realized that it was super important. Especially when I started, uh I would go into my bank account. And I one day I was just curious, how much money did I spend at Starbucks? So I went into my, my bank account. And I typed Starbucks inside of a uh, inside of the search window because I wanted to find it inside of my particular account. And I did it for I think I ran I think I ran it between the span of one year. And I was shocked to see that my grand total at Starbucks was a couple thousand dollars. And the surprising thing was when I started looking at a couple thousand dollars that went to Starbucks, I started also considering what I could have did with that money. And that was even more encouragement to uh, get on the right path and make some better decisions. Because making money is good, but I think being able to do something with it I think is better and and I also last year in 2018 I I liked to give I figured out I liked giving cuz I I was very generous uh with our income when it came time to to give or to donate so all in all we got a we got a d uh for last year in terms of how we handled our finances so anyways fast forward into 2019 Things are a little bit different. We've decided to take a little bit more control over our finances and, you know, pretty much put our destiny in our own hands. I I don't want to be 50. Um, I don't want to be 60 and worrying about a retirement plan or worrying about um, do we have enough to make it. And I have some pretty good people around me who's always advised me regarding how much money a person should have when they get ready to retire. And one of the figures I that was thrown at me was two point five million. And this gentleman, I trust him a lot. And he says, you know, he says, you know, you got to make sure that you put your money together and, and it accumulates up to upwards of two two million dollars. And initially when he said it, I thought he was crazy because I didn't know how I was going to generate $2 million. And then, you know, like most things, I just kind of went by faith. And I always kept that at the the back of my mind and said, okay, 2.5 million, we need to come up with it. And we figured out that it was ultimately going to start with how we spend our money now, how we um, delegate our money to work for us. And and the more we're going through these financial changes and we're making these decisions, the more and more I can't help but think about my clients. I have clients who right now are qualified to buy a home they they've been pre qualified they're good to go they don't have the down payment and that's that's you know that's like getting to what well, that's what's the equivalent of that? I'm going to say something food related. That's like the equivalent of making a very good omelet just to turn around and it falls on the ground. And, you know, if it's really good, you might eat it. But ordinarily, you're, you're probably not going to eat it. You're probably going to just look at it and say, wow, that was a waste. So these clients, they are prequalified. They have the credit score they have the work history but they don't have the finances so as we're trying to get to our 2.5 million we also we ultimately want we we want to be 100% debt free let let me go ahead and be very clear about that we want to own our real estate we want to um we will own our investment properties we will outright own and have zero debt, so all our vehicles will be paid for. And right now, I think that this is a great opportunity to go ahead and start maybe taking some of what we're learning and help you guys, help my clients. And so I created this and it came to me this morning, maybe yesterday morning, I wrote it down in my notes and I'm looking at it right here. And what I wrote down as a header says, "How a budget will guide you to success." And I, I'll kind of elaborate on each one. I got three different I got three different topics, and I'll try to elaborate on them as best as I humanly can to give you an idea about where my thought process was. so maybe this will help you out. So the first thing it says, why?" should, why you should create a budget and a timetable to buy your home. And what I thought was so important about this particular one was, okay, so let's take my clients that are pre-qualified to purchase a property right now, but they don't have the down payment. I get it. Like, I'm like, you know, cash in a 401k. Do you have any stocks, any bonds? Do you have somebody you can borrow it from? And they're like, no, I don't. Okay, great. Well, let's not give up on the hope of becoming a homeowner just because finances are not where they need to be. So, if I had to advise somebody who is having a hard time coming up with their down payment, let me give you some of the principles of what a budget does. A budget allows you to outline what your financial risk are. And what I mean by your financial risk, how much money do you have coming in every month, every week? And then how much money do you have going out? And mainly when you start to create your budget, you want to start looking at the main things. Obviously, your living expenses, uh, your electricity, your house, your shelter, your food. You want to look at those things ultimately. And then you want to move on to your car and then you want to move on to... um, you know, business expenses or any other type of expenses. The, the the main things that you absolutely need that are a regular basis, a repeat basis, things that you spend money on. If it's, chi- if it's like childcare, then you have to pay childcare. But ultimately, I'll give you an example. If you make $7,000 a month, you need to know how much money you have left over after you have paid off all your responsibilities. And I'm not talking about eating out at Red Lobster. I'm not talking about anything like you know, extra. Because when you want to get ahead, sometimes you got to cut out the extra. So let's assume that you've created your budget. You understand how much money you have coming in. You know what your income is. And then you want to understand how much money you have going out. Now trust me, I'm very new to this, but when stuff works, I am the first person to go all in learn it, get it down. Because I, I, I'm I a firm believer, a hard head makes for a soft behind. I do not want a person who is lacking because I failed to do my due diligence and, and explore options that could help my family build the dynasty. And budgeting was one of those. So once you've established, you know what your income is. So you know that you make $7,000 a month and you know that your bills come up to, and and these are just examples, your bills come up to $5,000. Great. So let's assume that all your bills are taken care of, you got $2,000 left at the end of the month, right? You've paid your your car insurance, you've paid your health insurance, um, you've paid all your utility bills, you've paid your credit cards, you've paid uh, your mortgage payment, if you have one, or your rent. Um, you've paid your car payment if you have a car payment, you know how much money you need for gas um you know how much money you need for clothing. you have an understanding about what you need and how much you need out of your paychecks, and you know what you have left over. This is very important because most of the time we we just get our paycheck, we see a bill, and then we pay it. but what happens is we never absolutely know 100% how much money we have or how much money we're worth. We just kind of get the check, see there's a bill, pay the bill, spend what's left. And then you find yourself financially broke because you don't know what you're doing. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying you don't know what you're doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I really did not know what I was doing. I really thought you make money. um, You bought what you needed right then and there. And then hopefully you make some more money and you do it all again. But there's an old saying that if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So you got to make sure that you've planned out how your money is going to work for you. So I got to thinking about it, and I said, man, this budget thing would really help for my clients. So I said, let me go ahead and do this, and let me talk to people about how they can position themselves. If Let's say you don't, you don't buy a home this year. You're pre-qualified, but the down payment, you can't borrow it from anybody. I, I always suggest try to borrow it from somebody. Um, you don't have a 401K. You don't have any type of profit sharing with inside of your co- your corporation or your company. So you're really kind of deadlocked. You're, you're not gonna go too far. You don't have a you, you can't really position yourself, right? Okay, got it. I get it. Um, so come up with a plan. You know, put put paper to pen and start figuring out what kind of money you have left over after you have your bills paid, and then simply simply uh create a blueprint to say, okay, by this time, uh February 15th. Of next year we want to have our down payment and then uh, clearly if you don't know what that down payment is um, usually once you're pre-qualified to buy a home you know what your down payment is so so there's one step you figured out what your income is step two you figured out what your expenses are and then step three you've defined the time that you want to buy your home and if you want to shorten that up you can shorten it up whatever works for you But mind you, you know how much money you have left over at the end of the month. That's the money that you're going to dedicate to put inside of another account to say, this is to buy our home. This is going to be what we use to buy our house, right? Uh, And so and that kind of led me into my next topic is how to have the down payment saved. Now, simple math. Anybody that knows me knows I did not get that far in school. Um, So I'm not going to be the one that's going to blow you away with a bunch of rocket numbers. It's it's just not going to happen. But common sense has always been a part of who I am and what I am. So I know that if I have to come up with $10,000 and, you know, I don't want to live poor for the next year, then it's simply a matter of setting a date. You know, if you set, if you have to come up with $10,000 you have $2,000 left at the end of every single month after all your expenses are paid. You Theoretically, you could set a five-month goal, I meaning you could probably be in your house by December, November, December, before Christmas, before the holidays, and all you would have to do is take the 2000 each month and put it away. But let's say you didn't want to do that, and let's say you said, you know, I, I don't... You know, I, I want to do some other things. I I, I just don't want to be that tight on money. You know, I'm, I'm thinking more so maybe April of next year. You know, the, the market's a little bit different. Hopefully I can jump in there and make some things happen. So then you would just multiply or divide what it is that you made by that. And then sock it away. Listen, I didn't know how much money we were spending until we sat down and really started to look at the numbers. And now we have boards all over the place that outline what our business expenses are, that outline what our personal expenses are, that outline what our income is. Because if you don't know what you have coming in and you don't know what you have going out, you're going to have a huge catastrophic problem on your hand, and you're going to constantly be thinking, how do we work, but yet it feels like we're not making any progress. You're not making any progress because you don't know where you've come from, and if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. Same thing applies to your money. If you don't know where your money is going, then how can you prepare for anything? So, that's just going to be a way that you're going to be able to put yourself in a better financial position to have that down payment money so that you can get inside of that house. Okay. So the number one thing was make sure to create a budget and to have a timetable to buy your home because these things will all flow in line. And then the the next thing was how to have the down payment saved. So those things are going to fall in line, and then the third thing is going to be know your credit, so you know how to prepare for your home buying. And so many times, and it's it's funny, like not funny, haha, but it's funny, like like you know that's not how it works. How many people I come across and they say I can't buy a house. I said I said great, no problem. Why? They say well. My credit score is no good and, uh, you know, I just got to do a lot of repairs. So, you know, I I just don't think right now, you know, I don't think right now is a good time for us to go ahead and do something. I said, said, listen, that's, you know, that's completely up to you. I don't, you know, I don't object to somebody who says I don't want to buy a home. I mean, what does that matter to me? I mean, I I care that I can help you, but I don't, I don't want to help you if you feel like my help is making you do something you don't want to do. So, you know, fair enough. Right. So ultimately I'd say, okay, well, you know, just just curious, how how do you know what your credit score is? And they'll say, well, well, I I, they'll say one of a couple things. One will be um, the, you know, the bank sends me something out or something comes out with my credit card. You know, when I make my credit card payment, um, you know, they'll send me something that will give me an idea about what my credit is. And I'll say, oh, okay, well, that, that's, that's pretty good. And, and then, then the next one they'll say is, yeah, yeah, I subscribe to uh, Credit Karma. And Credit Karma is, um, is ultimately um, uh, giving me detail by detail information about where I stand right now credit-wise. And it's telling me, you know, their indicators telling me I don't qualify for a loan. I Hey, great. Credit karma, uh, your credit card statements, these places are updating you. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that you're at least looking at something. And then I say, have you spoke to a mortgage lender? And he and say, well, no, no, no. I don't, I don't know anybody. And, and, you know, why? What, what's the difference between them? And, and it's surprisingly that most people have no idea that there's different ways depending on what you're going to purchase, that your credit is reviewed. If you're going to buy a car, your credit is not reviewed the same way it would be if you're going to buy a house. If you're going to apply for a line of credit, your credit report or your credit worthiness is not reviewed the same way it would be if you're going to buy a house. So everybody has their different credit ratings and their different criterias for determining whether or not you are credit worthy enough to buy a a piece of real estate. But when when people will literally take the advice of something like credit karma that just really kind of grades or bases on a overall, you leave yourself in a very, very uh, peculiar position because You haven't got real facts from somebody who handles these particular types of loans specifically. And I'll tell you what's really funny is the people that I have pre-qualified to buy a home that ultimately cannot come up with the down payment. Those are the same ones that thought they couldn't even buy a home because Credit Karma had said, and mind you, it's called Credit Karma. Like it will come back to bite you in your butt. And it did. The Karma came back on them because it was not true because i hooked them up with a lender that was 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 uh 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 head and shoulders above the rest and they were able to actually make something happen whereas credit karma was really in a position to just automate something that was very generic and people were taking that and they were giving it so much validity that they literally were standing in front of me as if they had the answer and the truth of the matter was they were so far away from the answer that we had to get them back on board, and we did get them that pre-qualification form. So knowing your credit score, speak with the, the professional of your choice. If you're going to go buy a car, then go speak with somebody at a car lot. Never buy the car before the house, but unless you're going to pay cash. But speak with a mortgage lender because they're going to give you a more realistic view about what it is that's happening with your credit and how to best streamline you and push you into a position where you can win versus just guessing or assuming. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you so very much. Uh, you're going to be able to check this out on your, uh, anywhere you listen to your, your podcast that this is, uh, Jermaine, the name of our podcast is Real Estate Matters, and uh, this is this is 100% about budgeting, and I'd be more than happy to give you any additional advice if you felt like you needed something that I could provide of value. Um, like I said, I'm fairly new into it. Um, we just did our very first real budget, and... Uh, <laughs> It's not pretty. It's it's not. We 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 budgeted fifty bucks for for groceries, um, but we'll get it. We'll get it. Now, I was talking to my son earlier, and I you know I was try to drop a little jewel on him, and I and I said um, we started using cash because they had did a study, and and I have the paper around here somewhere, but they had did a study, and the study said that people who use debit or credit cards, plastic. Um, and now you have the option to actually use your cell phone, which is something that I used to do a lot, you typically will run, um, you will t- typically buy about 25% more product um, than somebody who is using cash because cash is going to have a little bit more of an emotional effect on it, something where you don't want to part with it. And so you'll typically spend less. So some food, food of thought you might want to th- consider uh, maybe putting part of our budget is to make sure that we have our fund money. Part of our budget is also to make sure that we have money set aside just for us and uh, all the other personal expenses or expenses or things that we need. And then we live off of that. And all we're trying to do is make sure that we see more money in in our in our growth and our financial growth than anywhere else. That way you can pay off the real estate and you're not paying off Starbucks and, and not owning a part of it. So again, appreciate you guys for tuning in. You can check this out. This will be on replay on our podcast. Real estate matters. My name is Jermaine Robertson with the Robertson team at AZ associates, put your budget together, keep it together because I guarantee it will take you to another level and put you in positions where you can win God bless. Take care. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend.